All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here with Nathan Britton, Jacob Kamaker, and special guest Rigos Rag writer Ken Johansson bringing us his roster projection 2.0. He had a roster projection come up earlier in the offseason. Obviously, a lot of changes have been made. First off, Ken, how you doing? Doing good this evening. Good to be with you. That's good, man. Yeah, glad to glad to have you on as always. Now, um, you had your first roster projection, uh, I think a couple weeks ago. Your second one came out earlier today. So if you guys want to check that out on the website, you can. But what changes did you make? I mean, there are some obvious ones with uh, the injuries, but uh, uh, just go through your thought process and you know what got mixed around. Well, first of all, let's start with quarterback. I produced that first roster back on June nineteenth. So it's been more than two weeks. Uh, it may seem like two weeks ago. Time flies, time flies when you're having fun in the summer, I suppose. <laughs> I left Kevin Hogan off the roster this time. I think we knew that probably would happen. I think we needed some time to see him. He did okay in the preseason game. He certainly got off to a slow start. But I just look at what Colt McCoy did in that game. He's one of the better backups in the league. He is really developing in this system. So I feel confident with the two that we have at quarterback. Kevin Hogan, by the way, is practice squad eligible again this year. I think that's where he goes, and I'm pretty sure he'll be safe there. All right. All right. Yeah, cool. I mean, yeah, you said we needed to see some of him. Uh, We saw one game, and it did not look promising. And, you know, with uh, Colt McCoy, he can kind of fill in there, and and you can keep an extra spot for other positions. And you had – you had some spots where you had some extra guys. You had six receivers, seven defensive linemen. So uh, let's talk about receiver. Robert Davis injury obviously frees up a spot. You had Simi Cobbs making it last time, right? I did. You did. What made you move him off this time? Because you got Trey Quinn, Maurice Harris, and Brian Quick as the uh, final three. Well, when you look back to June, one of the things that I thought about Cobbs is he showed a ton of potential in college. And I really thought that he was going to be drafted around the fifth round, maybe sixth. And there were some services that had him going in third or fourth round. I thought that was a little high, but still, it speaks to his potential. So that's why I had him on the roster. I felt at the time it was a little bit of a stretch, but let's see what he does in the preseason. I'm not saying he's been absent, but he hasn't been really making any headlines. And if a rookie is going to make any headlines, this is the time to do it. So if he's not really generating too much interest, I just see him going on to the practice squad. I see these three making it. Right now, I, you can make a case for Cam Sims, but I go with the veteran presence right now. I go with Quick. But if Quick continues to stay out, he's injured right now. If he continues to stay out, his roster position becomes uh, a problem for him, and the team may decide to move on and go ahead with Sims because right now he's looking good. Even today, he was looking good in camp. Yeah, I was actually just about to ask you about Sims, Ken, because I liked what he showed in that Thursday night game with that big long catch where he almost turned it into a touchdown. I mean, I'm similarly a little bit low on Brian Quick. I know he's got that veteran presence, but you know he hasn't been on the field 
the interesting question that I've been dealing with with a couple people on Twitter today is regarding uh, Trey Quinn. Quinn has uh, had a rough few days because of the injury he suffered and he didn't give him a chance to produce in the preseason. I was talking to someone who thought that Quinn might not make the roster and Sims oh. might make him because of his size. Now, what are your thoughts on the potential of that? Because I personally would not do that. Well, I tend to agree with that, Jacob. I... I'm obviously not there at camp. I think Nathan was there today, and he can maybe speak more to it. But one of the things I noticed uh, in one of Nathan's videos that he posted, Quinn was out there fielding punts, and he looked almost like a natural doing that. And if he shines on special teams, say, these next three preseason games, he'll have the edge over Cam. I'm like you. I like the potential that Cam Sims has. And he did flash very well on Thursday night, but it's only one game. So let's see what the next two to three games bring. Everyone earlier in this preseason and throughout the camps, Quinn was the darling that everybody was talking about. And he still may prove to be that guy. But right now, I'm not saying it's neck and neck. I would still give the edge to him. The next few games, though, in the preseason could change my mind. Yeah, and I think that that ability to return punts, especially given what the team dealt with last year, is going to be paramount. Now, I know you mentioned Simi Cobbs, and I think Nathan wants to talk a little bit about him. Nathan, did you see anything out of Simi today? Yeah, so Simi Cobbs is a guy who I'm very high on. I've been high on him since they signed him. I was really anxious for him to get out there and show what he could do because I, like Ken, thought he'd be just out of that mid-round selection and more of a late round. Today, he didn't really do much. He was out there running around. It's obviously full participant, practicing with Colt McCoy and a lot with Kevin Hogan, so he's kind of in that third tier of guys. He had a couple routes where he went and he beat the guy. He had one bad drop, but there was another one where it hit him and it was right over the defender, right over his hands, and Simi Cobbs made a really nice catch to go up over top, grab it, and pin it against his face mask. But other than that, he was pretty quiet today. He's, I guess, frustrating, for lack of a better term, because we know that he's something... He's got potential, but for him to not come out and flash, especially with the spots opening up due to injury, that's one thing. But one guy that I know you talked about, Jacob, who really did impress was Cam Sims. Someone on Twitter said he looks like he's playing like he just heard a wide receiver position opened up, and you know, jokingly, but it, he's playing like he wants to be the first and last guy looked at. I mean, he had one very nice breakaway route where he caught along the sideline, kept his feet in. I mean, it was down low. He had to adjust to go get it. And then he had another one where he's running deep, and it was probably a 25 to 30-yard pass where he jumped. It was a falling away catch where he, he had to jump, leave his feet, and catch it, and he, he came down with it, and it got the players on the field excited, the fans excited. So I really think he's going to go ahead and cement himself as one of the big things. I think we're going to see him a lot more this upcoming week in the game. I think they give him a lot more chance to do what they have because I think they really have someone special in him. What did you see from uh, Maurice Harris today? Did he shine in any way? Yeah, Maurice Harris stuck out to him. They had him fielding punts too, which I thought was a little strange. But yeah, he seemed to be outside of Doxon when they were on the field together. Maurice Harris was really the go-to for everybody. I mean, he had outside routes, inside routes, you know, he was doing it all. And he, he was catching pretty much everything. And he was, you know, running his routes, getting separation from defenders, which is always very important. We haven't had guys that can do that and do it consistently. And now you bring in Alex Smith, who I, I don't want to say needs it, but really loves having that in his receivers, that separation factor. So Maurice Harris, I do think he's going to be a lock on the roster. I think we could pretty much add him into that lock category now. Ryan Grant, maybe plus, I think he's got more big play potential because he has. We've seen him make those and type catches where it's kind of like, oh my gosh, how did he do that? He's got the speed to do it. He's got the size. So I like what I saw from him today. He was catching everything. He was one of Alex Smith's go-to guys, really excited, really getting him involved. The coaches love him. So 
I think we're going to see a big dose of Maurice Harris this upcoming week and in the season. That's good. We need that depth there. You were talking about um, punt returners. So uh, let's get back to the roster projection real quick uh, while we're talking about preseason and all that. Another guy who has been uh, returning punts, Danny Johnson, the cornerback out of uh, Southern University. So, uh, Ken, you had him on your practice squad. What was uh, what was the decision? Why did you uh, keep him off the roster there? I think because we have a surplus of cornerbacks. Yeah. That's just the reason. It's a numbers game at this point. It's not about talent. He has flashed the talent. And I think if this had been fighting for a roster spot two years ago, where he's almost a lock at this point. But we're looking at what? I don't know, something like nine or ten corners right now. And almost all of them are good enough to make this roster. I know that Josh Holsey is injured, and he won't be available for at least the first month of the season. Greg Stroman has been returning punts in practice as well. So this is just a numbers game and nothing more from my standpoint. Yeah, for sure. Um, We'll have to wait and see. It's a a lot up in the air right there. Another guy. Uh, Ian, if I could jump in real quick, I'm going to ask Ken. Go ahead. So. Can, I see that for your cornerback position, you have your last two, Greg Sherman and Adonis Alexander. Alexander, I don't think he played in the game, in game one. Obviously, he's late, late coming in and everything like that. But I'm really interested to see, because I think when we think of this cornerback position, we're thinking, aside from Adonis Alexander, last guy on is either going to be Stroman or Johnson. What did you see that has separated Stroman from Johnson? Because I think they both had flashes. I think Stroman has a little bit more upside special teams-wise. But when it came down to making plays on defense and coverage everything, I think Danny Johnson flashed a little bit more in that first game than uh, Greg Stroman did. And today in practice, they were on the far field with the Jets' offense, so I didn't see a bunch of them. But when they were doing individual drills, they both looked pretty good. But Johnson had a couple more plays. What what makes you think Stroman over him? Is it just the special teams aspect, or you think that since he's a draft pick, that's going to help him make the team over Danny Johnson? Nathan, that's not an easy question to answer, (laughs) (laughs) but but let me try. Um, It does come down to the special teams from my standpoint, especially the punt returning duties. I still think Jamison Crowder ultimately wins that job. I think he probably learned a lot from last year. He's been looking good in practice thus far. You know, a lot of people might be upset to hear that based on what happened last year, but Crowder does have the experience. He has the talent, and he probably has the ability to correct those mistakes. But Stroman is someone who has that speed, and he has the punt returning ability, and we saw it at Virginia Tech. He was absolutely a stud at that position, not to mention a good cornerback. That's where I give him the edge over Danny Johnson. Now, over these next three preseason games, I'm going to be focusing on this battle. Maybe it is neck and neck. Who's to say what will happen when September 2nd rolls around and they narrow the roster down to 53? It'll be difficult, but I think at the very least, Danny Johnson's on their practice squad. He could be sniped by another team. We know that. I just think, and you can say the same thing for Stroman. I just think this is going to be a very, very difficult decision for the team. Yeah, I agree. For what it's worth, I would probably go Stroman over Danny Johnson, too. I have a little bit more of a bias because he's from my area, and I, I do root <laughs> for those those hometown stories. It's tough, man, because you mentioned Danny Johnson might be looked at by the teams, and I think he would be. I mean, he's shown enough already, and you have to assume he's only going to get better or flash more. So that might put him on the radar of other teams, and it would you know, it would suck to lose him. But at the end of the day, him and Stroman, I think, right now are on the same level. And when you look at what Stroman brings with that special teams aspect, I think if you have to go down, if you do end up losing Danny Johnson for Greg Stroman, I think 
you come out a positive. Maybe it's not, you know, it's not a home run, but you might be getting a bloop single or double with it. My two cents. If I could jump in here and talk a little bit more about the secondary as well. There's one player who I would definitely classify as, or as I see it, the biggest surprise is making your final roster. That's at strong safety. You have the team keeping five safeties overall. I think a lot of roster projections have them keeping four. Kenny Ladler is the name of the man that I want to discuss. I know he was a star in the CFL. What makes you see enough from him that he should make the Redskins roster? What are your thoughts on him as a player, Ken? I think he has ability as a corner, but I don't think that's his overall strength. I think it's more at strong safety. He's just strong, powerful, very good special teams player. I think he can drop back in coverage, maybe not deep coverage, but I think he can adequately cover the tight ends coming over the middle. He's just mentally tough, and he's physically tough. He had a good game the other night. So right now, I'm stretching here, and I know that, but... Given you know the number of injuries that you have, and if you leave yourself at only one backup, you could be stretching yourself a little bit thin. One injury can really change the whole complexion. And Ladler is to to me is someone, and once he's waived, you can't put him on the practice squad. He doesn't have that eligibility. So either he's out of football or he's claimed by another team. He may go back to the CFL. Who knows? But you know you risk really do losing a pretty good player there. Yeah, I always liked Ladler. He was on the Bills early in his career, and the Bills used to be the team that I covered. But I also watched a fair amount of CFL football, too. I somehow became a fan of that. <laughs> uh, I could see Ladler as a guy who sticks around. And, you know, we don't have the greatest backups at safety, though I have, like, some of what I've seen from Troy Apke. He's still raw, though. I get the idea behind having Ladler there. And I'd say he's the biggest surprise on your roster, but hey, Stefan McClure made the final 53 last year. So, you know, I think Lather has just as much, if not more talent than him. So you might be onto something there. And I'll definitely be watching Ladler in the upcoming game against the Jets because if he shines, like you said, you know, maybe there is a case for him to be on that roster. That's a good point, Jacob. I, do, I wasn't necessarily thinking McClure uh, when I was making this roster. But it was sort of in the back of my mind, and that's sort of the rationale for putting him in on the roster now. Strangely enough, there's someone else that I considered over him, and that would have been on offense, and that would have been Elijah Wellman. But he was waived over the weekend yeah, uh, or yeah. Friday. That one stunned me, absolutely stunned me. That's so apparently he was not working out. I honestly don't know. But that just more or less solidified my Ladler inclusion to the roster. Yeah, I, I expected them to try and play out that experiment a little bit longer. And I thought I thought he had some okay plays in preseason. Like I didn't watch. I wasn't able to watch, but I, I'd mm-hmm. heard he, he had a few good plays. So He did. Uh, he really did. You know, on the um, Darius Geis 33-yard run that was called back for holding, yeah. the holding was on Wellman. And you've probably seen that video. Yeah. I question that call because Thank that to you. <laughs> that. That, to me, was a pancake block that you see from offensive linemen all the time, and it's never called as holding. Because it was a fullback, I think that's why they called it. I mean, he absolutely mauled that guy, and I thought it was perfectly legal. And I think, honestly, Geis would have even slid out the uh, side a little more and would have avoided that tackle. He would have lost a little momentum, and the 33-yard gain would have been more like 15 yards. So that was, to me, a great block. It was. It showed the potential what Wellman could do, 
And then he had a 16 or 18 yard pass reception and uh, he made it look easy. So I just thought he was going to be there. Then all of a sudden, the next day, boom, he's gone. Yeah, it was it was weird. And me, Jacob, and Nate, when we met up for the last podcast, uh, they spent like three minutes talking about whether or not it was a hold. So yeah, it was all just yeah. I mean, one of those <laughs> if he is fifty fifty things. It's, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't. Yeah, I did see the hand go outside a little bit. So if that's what you want to call it, whatever, who cares? I mean, it's not a big deal, but. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised he's waved too because, I mean, as we know, Jay Gruden hasn't really had a fullback. I can't remember if he kept Darrell Young his first year or not, but he hasn't had a fullback since him on the roster. And I thought it was an interesting nugget when they had brought him in. I guess they decided we're not going to do that. We're going to go forward with that experiment. Yeah, it was weird for sure. Definitely caught me by surprise. Caught a lot of other people who were rooting for Wellman by surprise. So it is what it is, though, like you said. Uh, Ken, one more observation on the uh, roster projection. You had seven defensive linemen, and uh, you had Phil Taylor making it. You know, that's a good story. I love it. Like you said in an article recently this offseason, he is kind of the forgotten man on, on the defensive line. We don't really see much of him. But going forward with that point, convince me that he should be on the roster because, you know, I, I'd love for him to make it. I really would. But with our scheme versatility, we've already got two guys capable of playing nose tackle. You know, do we really need three guys who can play nose tackle? Or three, we we have three without Phil Taylor, if you count uh, Stacy McGee, who's going to presumably come back from the pup list. So convince me that he's the guy we need. What if I gave you a winning lottery ticket? <laughs> that would do the trick. <laughs> that would do it, right? That would do the trick. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, anyway, yes, I have him make him the roster. And Stacy McGee, I think, starts the season on the pup. And I, I don't know how many games you have until you have to bring him to the active roster. Yeah. So he could he end up on IR for the full season, or could he come back after six or eight games? I believe it's eight. If McGee can come back in, if he does come back, to me, Phil Taylor is the, the man that will be tossed aside. That's unfortunate because he's given so much to come back. Yeah. And he was looking so good in preseason last year. And we haven't seen much of him right now. But the only reason I'm having, I have him on the roster now is because of, well, you know, part of it is his determination and his will to make this roster. But, uh, you know, the other part of it is the McGee status. So that's where I stand with it. Uh, it would be a feel-good story. But, uh, you know, in all honesty, he has not played a down in the regular season since uh, 2014. It's four years. And that's hard to overlook. And there are feel-good stories out there all the time. But one that has an athlete coming back after four years, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. But if it happens, that's great. But if not, I don't think it will be surprised. Yeah, he he did look good last year in preseason, and you know he's he's a former first round pick. You know, great at run defense, so you'd like to think it would work out. Uh, he has three more preseason games to uh, impress coaches, and God forbid an injury happens, but if it does, then it could open the door for him, like it has for uh, a wide receiver to sneak in. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, uh, I'm. It's hard for me to see it right now, but I, he's a guy I liked last year. And, you know, obviously the injury hurts coming back from that again. But he did come back, and the team still has him. So they clearly, they're not done looking at him just yet. So 
maybe we'll see him uh, come back. I don't know. It would be a very, very good story and one of the few feel-good stories that ends up, you know, turning out for the best. So we'll see what happens. Um, we're getting close to being out of time. Obviously, there's a lot going on, a lot to talk about. So I will turn the floor to you guys. Um, uh, how are we going to do this? Let's go alphabetical order. Nathan, you were at training camp today. Any any, anyone you want to shout out, any players or whatever, or something on your mind you just got to get off your chest? Uh, one thing I want to talk about is that at the running back position, I think we all kind of know who's going to be on there now. It's going to be the same big three as last year, Rob Kelly, Samaja, P. Ryan, and Chris Thompson. Today at practice, Rob Kelly looked really good in comparison to Samaja P. Ryan. Uh, he had a couple runs where he broke it to the second level. Obviously, it's training camp. They're not you know, going full board tackling, but he had a couple of nice moves. Samaj P. Ryan had a nice catch on the outside, so that's good. Alex Smith, um, again, I know it's practice. I know you don't really want to show what you got. Uh, there's a lot of checking down, like a lot of, you know, you could see him, his head moving, he's going through his read, and he's settling to check down. I didn't like that. I mean, I, I know that's not it's not his style to go deep and, you know, turn – nothing into something a lot, but I would like to see at least for practice, you know, take those chances, see who you got. Cause you don't, Dachshund, you don't know what you have in him really. Cause he could be a flash in the pan. Like he was last year and just be wildly consistent or it could be really good. I'd like to see you kind of force the ball a little bit more to him when it doesn't count. Um, you know, you don't know, you know, Paul Richardson, he's fast. That's what we saw today from him. In a lot of short drag routes, he's just taking up the field and out running past guys. That's cool. But I'd really like to see him, you know, stress the field a little bit more. And, again, I know they're playing him this week, so you don't really want to, for an opponent, you don't want to open up the playbook too much to show what you got. One thing I did want to, I did see that really excited me was uh, Jordan Reed. He looks healthy. He looks like what he normally does when he's um, healthy. And, and a few years ago when he had that great season, He's he was catching balls, short balls, and he was running up. He was doing – he wasn't, you know – it's not a game, so he's not doing everything he has to to get in the end zone, but he's doing one or two moves and getting past guys and going upfield, and he looked healthy. He was catching contested balls, so it was really good to see him out there moving around, going full speed. He looks like the foot's not going to be a problem this year, and I know that's a big injury. That's a big foot injury. It's similar to what Des Bryant had that kind of changed the course of his career. So to see him come out and you know be full go and, and running around and Alex Smith kind of really looking at him for passes, it's good to see. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll see all that develop in the coming days. And, you know, hopefully Jordan Reed stays healthy because if he, if he does, he's truly an X factor for this offense. Uh, Jacob, let's go to you. Any uh, final thought? Any, anything on your mind right now on uh, Redskins football or golf or whatever? Anything under the sun? I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing on golf right now, but I will stick to football here. I got a couple players that I just want to mention. Uh, first of all, shout out to Vontae Diggs, the undrafted free agent out of UConn. Hey, oh. He looked pretty good in that first preseason game, and I wasn't expecting really much from him. Uh, but he definitely made a case at that outside linebacker position to be a potential practice squad guy. Ken, I know you have him on the practice squad on your roster projection. I can totally see that happening now. And I'll be excited to see what he can do the rest of the preseason. Another guy I want to give some love to. I know we're all sad in the wake of the Darius Geis injury. And, you know, it's devastating that you lose him so early on just what ends up being a, a one of the freak plays in an NFL game. But I think Samaj P. Ryan is ready to have a better season. Um, I've been debating with this with a lot of people on Twitter about this. 
Um, Piran does not have a fumbling problem, as people have portrayed him to. He averaged yes, thank you. Yeah, he had two fumbles last year, including not just lost fumbles, just in general. He averaged 99.5 touches per fumble. It was better than Joe Mixon, Todd Gurley, Devontae Freeman, Jay Ajayi, and many others. League-wide, he ranked about 38th out of, I think, 300 qualifying players. So that's pretty good. And, you know... Everyone's talking about how he looked bad last year. Well, he was running behind a makeshift offensive line, for starters. <laughs> Second of all, he was a rookie. And third of all, he didn't start until halfway through the season. And now he's had a whole offseason of development. So there's a chance he could make the leap in his second year. He's not going to be as good as Geis was. And, Nathan, I know you noted that Kelly looked better in practice. But I think P. Ryan's a guy who's going to shine on the game field uh, on game days. And, you know, if he can just... Bring that yards per carry average up to four this year. He was 3.4 last year. If Four is about an average mark. If he can do that, that'll help our running game to at least hold up. I'm looking forward to seeing if he can break out. I kind of have faith that he will. Um, so consider me on the Samaj P. Ryan hype train. Yeah, Jacob, Vontae uh, Diggs looked really good today in individual drills. He didn't get too much action uh, on uh, the little scrimmages or whatever, but during individual drills, it was Preston Smith, it was Ryan Kerrigan, Preston Smith, and then Vontae Diggs that really looked ready to go, real real fast, anxious, ready, full of life. And I know, again, it's individual drills, that just go, it's trash cans and coaches tossing you balls, but he looked good. Um, I'm also on the Samaj P. on hype train. I, I mentioned that Rob Kelly looked good in pra- better in practice because he just did, but overall, I'm pro, Kelly, uh, pro P. Ryan over Kelly. I think that he is going to have a good year. You, you mentioned that he doesn't have a phone problem. I completely agree. I, I, it's so overblown. I hate that. It's it's just you know he, you mentioned the number what ninety nine carries in between fumbles. That's or touches in that's ridiculous to say that he has a fumbling problem. I think he's going to break out this year. I think that when Geis is healthy, we're very upset about it still, obviously. But when Geis is healthy next year, and it's going to be you know Geis, Piran, and Thompson as the main guys, I think it's going to be a really good one two punch with them. I think he's going to have a great year this year, and he's going to carve out a more defined role and, and kind of really get back into be, becoming the apple of Jay Gruden's eye like Kelly is right now. Amen, brother. I totally agree with all that. <laughs> yeah, if I can say something to that. Um, I think we're all down about Darius Geis losing his rookie season. Uh, but I wasn't too down because I thought that with the game on Thursday night, P. Ryan looked great. Um, he did. He wasn't all world or anything like that. But you're not looking to be that in the, in any preseason game. What I saw was some good flashes and some encouraging signs for the upcoming season. I will say this though, I was a little bit upset with Rob Kelly on the play where uh, Cam Sims gained 57 yards and got down to the one and a half yard line on a brilliant catch and run. They gave the ball to Rob Kelly. He was supposed to go up the gut, right up the middle, right behind the center and, and the left guard. And a brief hole opened up, and that's what he was supposed to hit. And he would have been able to dive in for a, a TD and with a couple of yards to spare. But he immediately bounced to the outside because initially he didn't see that. And he doesn't have the kind of speed to break it to the outside and outrun the safeties. And it looked like he was in the free and open to go scampering into... Uh, the end zone, but all of a sudden there were four defenders there 
there was an outside linebacker. There was a corner and two safeties there that met him. And he ended up losing half a yard. So that to me just spoke to me, oh, the old Brog Kelly trying to break it to the outside <laughs> because he doesn't have that breakaway speed. If he stays going up the middle, he can break one for about 30, 40 yards, maybe even longer. But he doesn't have the breakaway speed to take it 70 or 80 yards to the end zone. So why he broke it to the outside, I don't know. But oh, I'm so frustrated. So yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear that today he uh, was looking pretty good, and hopefully that's a sign of things to come. Yeah, Ken, I know the exact play you were talking about. I was writing notes during the game, getting ready for our, our post-game podcast. And on that play, I just rolled my eyes in my note. I'll read it to you right now. It says, Rob Kelly is, in fact, still Rob Kelly. So <laughs> that's what we're going to get. Um, he is, he, we're stuck with him this year. And a great story. You pull for the guy. The guy but as a player, I, sh- I don't know what. Maybe he's a hard worker. Maybe he's funny and everything. That's why Jay Gruden loves him. But I don't think he's longed for this uh, roster once. P. Ryan has the year we all think he's going to have. Thompson comes back healthy and Geis is back healthy. I don't think he's long for this roster. Yeah, and that was part of the impact that losing Geis had because, you know, it was clear scouting him in his college days that he can do things that Robert Kelly and P. Ryan can't do. You know, he's got it was on display in the game. Yeah, exactly, on that one run. So that that was part of it. And then, you know, just thinking about all the stuff that he's gone through to get to this point, you know, his upbringing and he's worked hard to get through it. It just, it hurts, man. It hurts to think it think about it for him and you know it's just it's another season where we're gonna have to make do with what we got but it is what it is but at least Byron Marshall's looking very good yeah yeah he is looking good and Capri Bibbs is uh you know he looked good last season so we'll get to see them we'll get to see them play in the next three preseason weeks and hopefully they can kind of fill in but uh, unfortunately we we are out of time we, we're a bit over so we're gonna close it out here um thanks guys as always for listening uh you guys are always great and uh we're gonna keep having content up on the site thanks for listening guys peace out have a good night